Hi. Welcome. My name is Yura Glaw, and this is Monday's Honesty with me. And today, I'm going to have a real talk with myself, by myself, unless you guys are going to ask questions and interact with me and share your story in the comments about sex. And my favorite way to start talk about sex is how many times I had bad sex. And I want to bring this topic up because many people kind of indirectly complain and in the jokey way, they make jokes about bad sex, but don't really address the problem that we sometimes humans, we are having sex that we don't like. We don't enjoy sometimes having sex. And I am I have to acknowledge that I am in a very privileged position here. I most like in the last what eight years I lived in Berlin, I explored, there was no shame around sexuality here. There I was a part of a sex positive community. I explored, I've done things, I've seen things, I've been working with people who have all kinds of experiences that in everywhere else in the world would be probably considered to be at least a little bit disturbing or, sh or shocking. <clears throat> so I do acknowledge that I'm speaking from the place of privilege and that I can share what I have to share because of the context in which I am right now. And I do want to acknowledge that you, the viewers, you might be in a different context and it's not going to be that easy for you as me here sitting with a cup of coffee, um, openly telling the truth, like spilling out everything that I know and remember of myself regarding sexual encounters and sexual experiences. So before, this is a little bit of a disclaimer. I really want you, before taking what I'm saying seriously, consider the context where you grew up and where you are at right now and what kind of person you are. And maybe, yeah, maybe, hopefully, there are some things that I'm going to say that just doesn't fit to where you are in internally in the place in in life's in the life phase as well as externally <clears throat> among the people that you're at around so hi everybody hi patricia hi 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 kasha this is cup of today it's funny that this is what we associate the heart we associate with love but many times or oftentimes we have sex not because of love and this is important to address all right so first of all i want to um say that i often had bad sex up until but well, the first time I had sex when I was 21 years old and my first time was when I was drunk because the only way I, I knew how to 
be social and make connection and be courageous was when I had alcohol in my system. And this is, this is the culture that I come from. And this is when you say, let's go party, meaning let's, let's pre-drink and then drink at the party and then meet people while you're a little bit loosey-goosey here and grooving and like, just like share whatever comes to your mind because you're drunk. This is a good excuse. You can make mistakes. And I have the story that the kind of pain that I experienced at the entrance of my vagina at the first time when I had sex, that is a very sensitive spot for me over even now, nowadays. This is the spot that hurts oftentimes when I'm having sex, when I don't, when I'm not really ready to have sex or when I'm having sex, when I don't really have that emotional connection that I like for myself. So that is that that first time pain. It's it's like I have it since forever. I even did like a yoni de armoring and yoni massage and all kinds of work and like touching around my yoni, the areas and massaging and um, healing the parts that I basically what is it violated would be the word or like I hurt while having sex with men in a way that I was I wasn't really ready to have sex I didn't really want to have sex I wanted to like have emotional connection and I used sex to get that <clears throat> so I imagine so I have the story for myself and this is my personal story that um, each time when I had sex when I didn't want to have sex or each time when I wanted when I had sex when I wasn't ready to have sex um that I had there were consequences to pay and usually those were like the, it took toll on my physical body that I felt pain or numb um yeah other things so first of all I want first of all this is like the, the fifth point that I'm talking about sexual hangover it's a thing and Oftentimes people talk about hangover after a party. I talk about sexual hangover is when I think in my life I have one one night stand. And I know many people had more one night stands in their lives. Man, I didn't enjoy one bit. One night stand is not my thing. Definitely not. And even so these are the most common situations when you can't have a, a sexual hangover when you're meeting someone you're like either drunk or in some other substances or just high on life and you feel horny. There's like tingling, hot sensation in your genitals and you want to fuck. So you do if the other person wants to fuck, huh, hopefully. Um, another case called rape. Don't, don't do rape. So <laughs> in, and after the after feeling of having that kind of sex where you, where you don't really know the person and you don't really like the person and you didn't really like if you were sober, emotionally sober or substance wise sober, or if your genitals were not hijacking your whole life, you wouldn't have had sex with them. And that kind of feeling like, Ick, I, I don't like myself now. And ugh, what just happened? I wish to like push it away and forget about it. That is a sexual hangover. The next day I go like, oh, and it's a thing, it exists. Many people have it. Maybe some of you have had it. 
I personally would like you to know the term and use the term and talk with your person that you um, had sex. Or it could, like, when I mean sex, it, it, I don't mean intercourse per se. It could have been oral sex. It could have been some sort of sexual energetic exchange that you just felt like you enmeshed a little bit with each other <clears throat> or you dry humped each other. Um, it's just rubbing your genitals into each other with your clothes on, dry humping. Um, so sexual ha hangover. I really want you to talk about it. The best way to deal, handle sexual hangover is by talking about it and say, I, you know, I don't really, I feel kind of yucky and I don't like how I feel. And I'm kind of regret that this happened and I don't want to hurt your feelings. And I guess I would just need you like, just like get it off my chest, just, you know, so that we're clear here, if you can. Um, so the most common ways how we sabotage good sex is by thinking that there is the right way to have sex and thinking, or for women, I don't know how it's for men, like this whole life is from woman's perspective, because that's the body had that and the cultural perspective that I have inhabited for 30 years. Um, as, as a woman, I am inclined to please. I remember I was in a relationship and for like weeks, I would lay in bed with my partner just for like going to bed to sleep. And I would just have this idea. I need to give him sex. This is the time where I need to give him sex. And these are the things that I was not communicating at all. Cause I was just like, either would shut down and close myself up and be like would try to keep distance because I was feeling pressured that I put myself under by thinking that I need to give sex that he's expecting to have to for me to provide sex for him or I would just start you know getting him off or something like I was I was doing what I was being expected to do I have very strong inclination to fulfill expectations, um, especially from men that I am somehow emotionally attached to. And sex is one of those things that I was thinking that I have to do until I started to practice radical honesty and just name what I'm thinking. And I was laying and I said, I think I have to give you sex now. And he's like, oh my God, no. And I was like, really? And he's like, no, I don't like, no, that's like, ugh, I would never want that kind of sex. Like if you think that you need to please me. And I was like, damn, this is really kind of like fucked up. And I wouldn't like, if I was in a man's position, I wouldn't want to be done that way for that reason. So the more I started to talk about it, and it's not like it's a one thing, one, one time thing. It, each time I meet a new partner, I don't know them, first of all. I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know what they're feeling. I don't know their body map. I don't know their background. I pressure myself and I think I should give sex. And the, the way I solve my pressure problem is that I speak about it and I make a reality check. It's like, hey, do you want us to have sex? And oftentimes, and I don't know, maybe because I'm like 
I'm so cool and I get to like connect with really cool, beautiful men. That most of the time the men say that no, they hadn't like they enjoy laying, cuddling and feeling connection. <clears throat> and when they want to have sex, like you will know you are when I want to have sex. Like I will like that's gonna be obvious. And the boner doesn't even mean that I want to have sex. Like a boner is like happens in the morning, blah blah blah. And I also have been with men who uh, whenever they feel aroused, they do have the pressure to give sex to me, <clears throat> so to pleasure me. Whenever they feel aroused, they think that I am aroused, although I'm not aroused. Um, and then it's like this big miscommunication where he wants to please me or he wants to pleasure me because that's how he gets his self-worth validated. And I get to pressure myself to give sex to him so that my identity of I am useful in this world um, is validated. So it's a big fuck up. And I hope you guys can, now that you know, and maybe you know it from before, you can talk about it and resolve this in between your relationship. It takes time for me to usually talk about uh, what I like and what I don't, what I don't like. Usually I take time to get to know the person and know their boundaries and their resilience and how much they can take me because I can, because I'm intense and I do, I am direct and blunt. Um, so I tend to check out the territory first before I say something that they can freak out. And oftentimes guys do freak out anyways about the things I say when I say that I don't like something about their penis or their smell. Um, or the way they touch me or the way they move their body. <clears throat> so, and I do share it and speak it because that's just what's on my mind. And whatever, if I'm in contact with someone and I'm thinking that I don't like something, that is what like builds the wall. I cannot feel connected. I cannot be aroused because I'm constantly thinking about that one thing that's like, I just don't like your smell. It's like, should I ask him to get a shower? that is very like it just like kills my drive that's it and i want to speak it and i want to be able to speak it so the people that i'm having sex with they need to be like tough men who don't take me and themselves very seriously and don't derive much of their self-worth from whatever happens in you know from approval for me <clears throat> so yeah expectations and thinking what's normal and thinking what's the what is the right way to have sex is what kills an opportunity to have great sex i wonder if there's anything else that i wanted to talk about there are two sections that I want to talk about today. It's like the section about bad sex and give all the provide all the examples how what is a bad sex and how I created bad sex in my life. And the second part of the live is to talk about what is a great sex and how to get that. So I'm just thinking whether I have covered all the things that I wanted to talk about bad sex. I don't like I made notes in this the first part of my notes about the bad sex and sexual hangover I didn't even like like write the things that I want to talk about because I imagine I'm so good just ranting about it I have so many like 
I'm a bitter woman and I'm like, I have so much to say about bad sex that I don't need to even take notes about what I want to say. And yet I'm still thinking. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> <sighs> I'm actually kind of curious, now that you're watching, would you be willing to send a comment and write your own bad sex experience in the comments? I would love to read that at the very end and to, like I shared mine, I would like you to share yours if you're, if you're willing. And I'm gonna continue talking about the great sex. So I accidentally decided to have great sex when I found a a man who was very sensual and the problem with him was that he was pressuring himself to pleasure me and be that matcha guy who can like take any woman so he would like caress me and would um cuddle me into arousal like he would do things to arouse me because he was thinking that I am aroused or I should be aroused and then we would have sex but I would have sex because he initiated it and um, because he was very good lover he like he spent a lot of time just like nurturing nourishing and kissing and arousing my body so that my body was aroused already and then we would have sex and then he would think oh he would prove himself right each time and i would be like oh that guy is really into me <laughs> um and with him we decided to like explore tantra and we were in an open relationship so we also included more people in our relationship um, to explore kinds of variations where I get to learn about myself and what I like like he was the first guy that looked at my yoni and said this is like the, this is such a beautiful pussy and this is such a beautiful yoni and I that was the first time that I heard that and I was like oh really and I realized that I actually never really get to be in touch with my own genitals so this is on my site I, the first time when I took a mirror and looked at my genitals was when I was 24, 23, 24 years old. Up until that point, that was like a shame zone, something dirty, something that has germs that makes smells and I have to wear underwear. Otherwise, I'm going to like make the world full of germs just with my vagina by walking naked. Something I got from the culture I come from. <clears throat> so sex for me would be that usually for i don't know some sort of like i wouldn't feel horny i wouldn't even know how that inside thing looks and i would just go and have sex because i thought it's expected wanted and this is the right to do the right way to do it and it took me years to realize that i need to actually feel my genitals before i have sex and that I need to feel when, when my vagina opens and gets all perky and wet. Like when back in the day when people said that she's wet, I didn't know what they mean. I was never wet. I was always dry. I didn't get it why. Until I realized that I need to be in touch and in contact with my own body. And I need to feel my own genitals. 
I need to let my partner to do their thing to like, you know, to, in a way it's like, I needed to learn how to bring my attention from them to myself and manage my own business and let them manage their own business. And then we would meet as like beautiful, perky, warm beings to flow together into a sexual exchange. It took such a long time. Imagine how much bad sex I had up until that point. Although I didn't, like when I compared myself with my previous partners, I, I had little partners and little sex in my life when I compare myself with others. But still, I had like a lot of bad sex. I was like every day I had sex where I didn't really feel like it because I was like fiery and I was thinking I need to go and have sex. I would have sex and then my vagina would be sore and dry. And that would be like sex that would end in orgasm and that was done. And it was like, that's it. And then we can start with the day. I was like, oh, this is boring. I don't want to do it that way. I like it different. Until I met the guy where I would like make, we were making love for hours in the morning and it would get out of bed for lunch and then we would start our day eventually. And that was a very healing experience for me. I didn't know that sex can be that fulfilling, that sex would give me energy rather than take energy from me. But for that <clears throat> experience where, where sex became a nurturing, fulfilling thing, I had to learn how to tune into my own body and feel my own body. And it's nice for you, ladies and gents, they're watching if you're already like, oh yeah, I don't have that kind of problem. And if you're having one partner and you know, you like with one partner, you'll, you feel safe and good and nice. I don't have that one partner. I have multiple partners in my life. Each time I meet the person, I get like hijacked by anxiety and fear and I'm trying to predict what is it that they're thinking and try to manage their business and forget about my own body. So it's, I learned to take care of myself by choosing partners who are mindful, choosing partners. I don't use contraception. So you, I choose partners who can retain their ejaculation, who can separate orgasm from ejaculation so they don't need to ejaculate and we can still have many orgasms together. So I learned to take care of myself in that way, but it took such a long fucking time. I'm just like trial and error. And yeah. It all came down to me needing to bring my attention to myself. So how I found out how to have great sex and I just want to make sure like each time I meet a new person I still have a trial and error period with whom we're like still trying to figure out what works and what doesn't and I still have like some encounters of sex that doesn't really work for me after which I have sore vagina and I think like oh fuck it that didn't really work why did I go with this and it's like it's it's like it's an ongoing process it didn't work that way it's my responsibility to talk about it and say, this is what worked and this is what didn't work. This is what, what, what I want more and this is what I don't want at all. Because men have, come, like e each of us come with our baggage and belief systems and thinking what is the right way to have sex. So it's good to talk about it. Like, first of all, when you meet that person or even if you are like, in 20 year marriage with your husband and you haven't ever talked about sex and you were just having sex automatically, just like all the normal people do, where nobody talks about anything and you never know what happens in, you know, in your closest person marriage or personal life. 
is to communicate, um, like a communicate a safe container for yourself. We meet here, are like I'm going on a date. And I'm as I'm going on a date, I notice I'm thinking, does the guy want expect me to have sex? Do I really want to have sex today? And if I do, I communicate, I say, I'm I would like to sleep at your place tonight and I would like to see, like I would like to prepare just in case we're gonna have sex. Would you like to have sex tonight? Is that the kind of intention you would like to set for our encounter? So communicate a safe container. It's like, what is the intention of your meeting? Do you want to have sex? If you do, then communicate how. And some people go like, no, 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 you don't like talking about sex is like a dreading thing or I want to have it like a little bit like have it a little secret, a little tease. Wonderful. Then do that. Don't listen to me. Whatever I just said is probably not for you. Do whatever flows your boat. And for those who... Um, who want and like more safety and clarity, then maybe this is a good advice for you. So talk about it. <clears throat> also communicate the meanings and intentions that those are clear. What does sex mean to you? Am I having sex to feel connected to you? Am I having sex because I have this urgency in my genitals and I need a, a release? Do I really just want to fuck and then go and continue with my life? Or do I want to make a baby? Do I want to reach altered states and talk with the God as I'm having sex with you? Talk about why you want to have sex. What do you like in sex? Also, if that's a person that you're meeting, he's new. He is new, but it could be she new, could be non-binary they. Um, if you don't know them and they don't know you, then share with them what you like, how you like to be touched and how you like to have sex. And in order to like know this thing, you have to go through years of trial and error to get to know what you like and what, how you like to be touched. You need to like touch yourself and feel your own body and move your own body in ways that you learn what you like. So if you're not at the point when I'm saying it's like, yeah, communicate what you like and what you want. And you go like, what? But I don't know what I want and what I like. Then take time. Take your time and say, I don't know what I want. I'm, I don't have much experience in sex or I was not mindful in how I was having sex. I am afraid that I'm going to fuck it up again, that I'm going to pressure myself. Can we just like have this open conversation about the fact that we don't know? Maybe we could... I, I meet you here because I want to explore. I want to learn to, I want to learn what I want. Can you help me with that? And there will be partners who will say, oh yeah, sure. This is awesome. Let's explore together. Because maybe I don't really know what I like, or I know a lot and I know what other women like, and I'm happy to show you. So that, and if the guy says, oh no, this is like, this is too much work and nah, 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 then you're not a good match. Find somebody else. Find somebody else. For me, oftentimes it was not even a consideration. It's like it's so rare to find a man who's into me because unless I was so closed and uh, so pissy and like so it had so many standards, like it was really difficult for me to find somebody who really likes me. 
So for me to let them go was not even an option. So I would just go with their flow and would regret afterwards. And now I'm like 30 and I was like, my God, being 30 has never been that good. It's like, I know what I like. I know what I don't like. I don't give a shit about men and I love them, but I don't need them. This is great. <laughs> I wish somebody would have told me that when I was in my 20s. Um, another thing that you need to, that is very helpful, and maybe it's not for the first date, but it can be also for the first date. If you're polyamorous, for example, and you have multiple partners, then it's just, and you meet another polyamorous person, then it's not even, it's not even a thing. You just do it because it's good for you to do but if you're in monogamous entanglement and you meet someone who is promiscuous for example and have multiple partners or dating many people then it's good to talk about stis sexually transmitted diseases having that conversation is like have you had sex unprotected sex with someone in the last blah 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 since the last time you got checked and if they did then you can make an informed decision do you want to have sex with someone who had unprotected sex and take a risk that maybe you're gonna get chlamydia or hiv you never know it depends on the context in which you where you live um and also talk about pregnancy because i'm not taking i'm not um using contraceptive and pregnancy is always it, it can happen and i take some time until once I figure out whether the person is safe to have sex with, um, um, to have unprotected, unprotected sex, it's usually someone that I have decided to like, um, to that might like a special connection and um, a special and important person with whom I want to like have a long-term um, sexual exchange, then to have a conversation, what happens if, what happens if he accidentally ejaculates inside of me? What happens if I accidentally get pregnant? Having that sorted out at the very beginning just gives a lot of ease. And like, okay, we're on the same page here. It's nice. Let's just like, you can get it off your mind. I remember back in the day, I was even taking contraceptions in my 20s, but I was like a scared little creature that I thought that I can get pregnant when, you know, from kisses or something. Like I thought that pregnancy, I was so terrified of getting pregnant. I was just like scared of every little thing. And whenever I would have sex, I would have in my mind, it's like, what if I'm going to get pregnant? Then he's going to like blah, blah, blah. And those thoughts would disturb the connection, disturb the sex. And I wish I would have just like talked this through because I was having, you know, or even having a condom. And it was like, what if the condom broke? just like speak it out share it it's okay those are normal worries that you should have if you are you know taking the making decisions that you do so no shame about sexually transmitted diseases and no shame about potential pregnancy it's really nice to know that you're on the same page and that you can feel safe and relax and be held in this person's arms in case something bad happens and if they're like, oh, no, 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 this is no, then find somebody else. You're just not a good match. Or if the person is like, I don't really know, but they're like open and curious and they can hold space for you and, and they understand and they're like, they want to learn, that might be a good match. <clears throat> so 
So once you set the container and you feel safe and you know that this person doesn't have any any diseases that you don't want to get or if they have some sort of diseases but you know how to get around them so that you feel safe so you don't get it you don't get it or even you maybe are willing to get it and you know that if something happens that you both know what to do um then just follow your body and for that you need an attunement to your own body and then when you're tuned to your own body and you can attune to another body that's when the magic happens that's where you're like there's nothing you need to think about anymore you can slide with it from with each other and enjoy and if intercourse happens it happens it doesn't have to happen and i know that many of you right there i know you some of you think that sex always has to end in intercourse or that sex yeah it's like or how do you know when to end sex how do you know when to end sex when how do you know when is the end of sex i know that most of you would say well sex is over when man ejaculates wrong <laughs> i can assure you that's not the the two possible scenarios that can happen sex has a variety of forms and shapes and the more you're attuned to your own body and you're only flowing you're moving your body as your body moves so you don't do anything actively but just flow which is i know some of you cannot even relate it's like what the fuck you are you talking about but there is a way how you can flow with your partner or partners in a way that you don't need to think about it there it's no effort it's like you're breathing your body moves we're as animals we were designed for pleasure and for intercourse to make babies and it's just like a heartbeat and digestion something you don't need to really control unless it's for your safety and you have agreed and you know preventing diseases has another kind of protocol and things that needs more techniques around or if you have disabilities or non-standard body let's say then in those cases yeah but in most cases if you're a standard human then it's a standard follow flow protocol for that human animals have when they just follow their mm, sensations in the body <sighs> And that's why I think it's important to to ask your partner, um, what do you mean when you say sex? Does sex mean intercourse? Can sex mean caressing, cuddling? Does do genitals have to be included? Um, and when do you know when sex when you're done? When do you know when it's done? And uh, I don't know if most of you think that sex is done when one of you orgasms or both of you orgasms, then I would try to try something different. Maybe sex is done when you're finding yourself doing things technically and you're finding yourself efforting and you're finding yourself pleasing your partner. This is a time when it's sex is done for me. Um, doesn't and sometimes I say okay I'm done 
in the middle. It's like, I think I'm done. I'm like, I notice my body is cooling down and um, I'm like efforting and trying to get something, but that getting something somewhere doesn't really like, it's not necessary. I don't really enjoy it. I don't really need to have an orgasm right now. I don't want to have an orgasm. Or do you want to have an orgasm? Then I could do it for you. That would be my pleasure to, to like to make you come. But I don't have to. Like, how about you? Mm. And another thing that really helps, like if you are, if you had some sort of like a, a little bit of a trauma and it's difficult for you to connect and you're a little bit more scared and being with people makes you tense or being intimate with a partner makes you paranoid and tensed. And so the paranoia is really, you can resolve that greatly by speaking about it. If you cannot speak it, if you feel overwhelmed, take time, look around, breathe. And really like take time, orient yourself in a, in a space and breathe and move your body and make sounds. And if you still feel overwhelmed, take a break. Say, hey, I need a time off. I need, I want to go to another room to stretch, to move, to look through the window, to go for a walk or just let's meet tomorrow or the next day. It's like, I can't be present right now. I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what's happening. I don't want to make any decisions that I might regret afterwards. So really take time and communicate it. And it, it's probably not that easy as I'm, it's easy for me to say, I know how difficult it is when you meet someone new and you don't know what, and then your body is just like hijacked by the nervous system. Just like alert, alert, alert. <clears throat> so my, what I wanted to say for today, what I wanted to inspire you guys is to talk about sex. And especially talk about bad sex. After each time I'm having sex and I notice that I'm thinking about like, like I'm still a little bit into that experience. I want to, I want to share what I'm thinking and I want to share what the things that still stays with me in my mind and still stays with me in my body. And what I learned that most people do not talk about how was the sex um, which is a mistake. I think you should talk about how was the sex. I think it's, I think it's important. It's just like, how was your meal? Did you like it? I cooked a meal for you. Did you enjoy it? Or you just like, close it, never talk about it. It's like, oh yeah, I ate the dinner. Now I can go and do my own thing. No, I really want you to encourage you to talk about how was the sex? What did you like? What you didn't like about it? Each time you talk about it, each time you have sex, it's a learning experience. There's something that you could have learned new and taken for yourself. Um, and what most people especially do not want to talk about is what they did not like in sex. And I think this is the most important piece that you should talk about. Each time I talk about what I didn't like in sex, it's hard. It's difficult. It feels like it's out of place and I should never not like anything, especially when it comes to sex. And then to hear that my partner didn't like something that I did is like, oh my God, I did something wrong. Eh, it's worth it. Because the more you talk about what you don't like, the more comfortable you feel talking about it. And the more confident you feel the next time because you know you're not going to fuck it up again. So talk about what you don't like in sex. All right. So I'm going to read through the comments now. My bad sex experience, I didn't notice a no-go from my partner and kept going because I thought this is how sex should be and men do it that way without thinking about what I really want. Yeah, 
that is my bad, bad sex experience too. I had plenty of those. I appreciate for sharing that. And another comment, I had bad sex by making myself feel guilty by imagining that it means that I have to fulfill other expectations of that person. Classic. Yeah, me too. Wonderful. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. All right, so I'm taking, I took forever to talk about this topic. It's probably my favorite topic. I, I really like to complain about bad sex and I have so much to talk about, like having sex with men who watch porn. Wow, <laughs> like bring it on. And it's not like, I'm just generalizing, but it's, it's obvious when a, a guy it's like there is something about men who enjoy watching porn. The way they have sex is very passive. And I imagine they just ha don't have much experience because they're, the experience that they draw is from the visuals that have been reproduced. And I, I you know, I didn't have much experience. So I don't know what, how the fuck I was having sex when I was thinking about it. So probably men have something to say about me too. But the way, the, like the my least, like the... I'm just like, I refuse the, the, the times when that happened to me. And then like, now that I see the guy doing that thing, I'm like, I'm, I'm out like this, what you're doing here. I like, it's like, I'm not have you're not having sex with me. It's like, they lean back and they're completely passive. They just like shut down. I wonder whether I was that way when like back in the day when it was just like, okay, touch me now and you, you can fuck me now. But the guy, ugh, when they're like completely passive, that is a sign of a no, no, do not do anything. Or it's like communicate, ah, abort, abort. <laughs> okay, and the good sex experience. I mean, otherwise good sex somewhat disappointing at the end because I wanted to have an orgasm and maybe also imagine that I should, but I was too tired and a bit drunk. And the air in the tent had become so bad. So when I eventually had an orgasm, it was a bit disappointing. Hmm. Goal-oriented sex is probably the most... It's fast, it's efficient, it makes sense. It's something that we learned is the norm. But it's... I don't know. I guess now that I know the difference and I can have an alternative, I do more prefer non-goal-oriented -goal sex um, and like sometimes automatically I just go into I just orient myself with the goal it's like it's just something that I do habitually almost but if I don't have to like if I don't have live <laughs> and I don't have to like come in in 10 minutes because then I have a life to give, then I do prefer to have slow sex and connected sex. And mm, I'm very attuned. Like what makes a great sex for me is the attunement between me and my partner. And with some partners, it's very easy for me to attune. And with other partners, we need to like ground each other, do something before to attune, um, to just be a little bit here and now present feel real with each other <sighs> I'm thinking about 
erectile tissues that men they when they have an erection that they're you know you guys you're lucky it's like you know when you're ready to have sex because this is like the whole genitals are out there you can see you can feel it and those erectile tissues they like erect you for women we also have erectile tissues and it takes up to like 20 minutes a warm-up of like just touching and rubbing and like using maybe more area of the body and skin to um for the erect erectile i don't even know whether that i don't know whether i'm using the word correctly for those tissues to to yeah to for us to have an erection but it's internal that our we get feel soft and open and perky in our genital area it takes 20 minutes at least i remember in my my one of my tantra teachers she was like 20 minutes minimum 20 minutes not less if you're like making love with a woman it's like you cannot it's forbidden do not have intercourse if you haven't reached a 20 minute like foreplay um time it's like set a timer at least 20 minutes you have to please a pleasure and like stay with your woman a woman will be there for you in 20 minutes of foreplay and I, I kind of agree. Twenty minutes is <laughs> is the time when, like, usually when I'm when I'm with myself, it's a bit easier, it's faster. But with when I'm with a partner, I, in, in about twenty minutes, half an hour, I find I finally feel like my body's waking up, and I'm like opening up, and it's like nice and wet and juicy place to invite a phallus. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been forever since I started this live. It's probably my longest one. It's a very important topic. I love talking about it. I would love to talk about it with somebody else. Like I'm still looking for special, like for professionals and people who, um, who I like how they talk about sex to have an interview with them. I haven't found them yet or they haven't replied to me yet. So I'm hoping to continue having this conversation because I think sexuality is as important as food and it's a part of life. Why not embrace it and make it amazing? Thank you for watching and I'll see you for the next honesty.